Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 209. Have you ever wondered, hmm, how can I get a Royal Caribbean cruise for free? Or how can I save a lot of money on my cruise? Or how can I put a lot of money down to make sure that my cruise is really inexpensive? These are all questions many of us have thought about. And no, this isn't a sales pitch. This is actually an idea about how credit cards potentially can help with that. A lot of folks, in fact, a lot of people listening to this episode will tell you that credit cards are a way, a possible way of saving money on a Royal Caribbean cruise or just the general vacation. And this week, we're going to talk all about how you can use credit cards effectively to save money on a cruise. In fact, even earn a free Royal Caribbean cruise. Here we go. These days, everyone's always looking for ways to save on their Royal Caribbean cruise vacation. Every little bit helps, right? And for a lot of people, sometimes they look at credit cards as a way of doing so. And this week, we wanted to talk about how credit cards potentially could save you money, maybe save, actually, in some cases, actually pay for your whole cruise, believe it or not. Now, we need to say before at the start of this, at the onset of this episode, we're not financial experts. We just pretend to play them on podcast episodes. And that being said... Fiscal responsibility is a really big deal, and you should not make fiscal decisions based on a random episode of the Royal Green Blog podcast you happen to be listening to. So make sure you do your research, and your credit is a really big deal. So basically, don't take this information lightly. That being said, I'm being joined this week by uh, by my friend, perhaps soon to be uh, named in a lawsuit after this episode, and of course, all-around good guy, John Bamber, welcome to the show, John. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you uh, appreciate you having me on for this uh, this topic, which is uh, a lot of fun. And uh, you know, if if anybody needs to contact me, just uh, ask Matt for uh, my address, and he'll give you his. <laughs> there you go. Um, now, of course, we want to talk about credit cards because you know, John, a lot of folks myself included, leverage credit cards to help pay for aspects, if not the entire vacation. And I get a lot of questions about this, quite honestly, about credit cards and, and, you know, should I use the Royal Caribbean credit card? Does it work? And all that kind of stuff. So I want to start with the Royal Caribbean credit card because Royal Caribbean does have a credit card that it's branded itself. Uh, It's actually a Bank of America credit card, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right, John? Yes. And, um, well, John, John, you have the credit card, so why don't you explain essentially what the credit card, the Royal Caribbean credit card offers, and kind of take us through the basics of it, essentially. Sure, absolutely. And I just want to start out by saying this information is current as of August 1st, 2017, because as, as I'm sure you've seen, everything in this industry changes pretty significantly. So they might have a promo going a certain day, the percentage rates might change. So everything that we're talking about today is as of August 1st, 2017. Um, so basically, the, the credit card, you're right, is from Bank of America, and um, you basically earn one – now, what you, you earn one what they call My Cruise Point, which has nothing to do with Crown and Anchor. It's a completely separate thing. You earn one My Cruise Point for every dollar that you spend, and once you make your first purchase, uh, you uh, Bank of America will give you 10,000 My Cruise Points that you can then redeem towards onboard credit or towards another cruise. And I'll kind of talk about that in just a second. But basically the point is you're going to use your credit card to earn points that you can then redeem towards things on Royal Caribbean. Now, you earn one point per dollar on all your regular purchases, and then you earn two points per dollar on all Royal Caribbean, Celebrity, and Azamara purchases. So anything in the family, you get two points per dollar on that. Uh, you get no foreign transaction fees, so you can use it uh, you know, uh, overseas or if you get off the ship and – 
any place and you want to use it, you don't have to pay any foreign transaction fees. And there's no annual fee for the card as well. So it's not going to cost you anything to have it. Um, you also, I, I saw this today, you also get a $50 air to sea airfare discount after making at least $3,500 in purchases with your with your card in the first 90 days of having the account. So um, definitely a benefit to using the card as soon as you, uh, you know, as soon as you get it. Yep. Now, what can you use these points for, these My Cruise points? What are they good for? Yeah, you can, you can redeem them for stateroom upgrades. You can do, um, you can pay for entire cruise if you earn enough uh you earn enough of those points. You can pay for an entire cruise with it. You can get discounts on cruises. You can get onboard credits and amenities. You can get uh, various Royal Caribbean merchandise, and you can also make charitable donations, which is kind of interesting because when you uh, you can you can redeem as little as a thousand points to get a to do a ten dollar charitable donation towards I believe it was World Wildlife Fund, but I, I have to double check that. But it's it's to some charitable organization. So that's the sort of lowest tier of redemption, and then it goes up to five thousand for um, you know, starting to upgrade for, uh, sorry, onboard upgrades, room perks and things like that. Um, I'll, uh, I'll provide a, a couple of links for like where there's like a PDF. You can look at all the different, uh, redemption options and stuff. So I'm, um, I'm sure you can stick that in the, in the, the show notes and stuff, but, yeah. uh, yeah, um, they've got, I'm sorry, yeah, John, I was just going to say, let, let's get, just pick out, uh, I'm looking at the same PDF document right now. Um, pick out a couple like, you know, the big ones I think people are going to find use like the 10,000 points. Let's start there. You get 10,000 points off the bat. What's that going to give you if you sign up for the credit card? Gotcha. So 10,000 is going to, is basically going to be equal to a hundred, about a hundred dollar value. And the points are basically one cent worth about a cent. So, um, you know, $100 is going to get you, uh, sorry, 10,000 points will get you hundred dollars on board credit. It'll get you something called a Royal packet, which is two Royal Caribbean towels, two travel wallets and two messenger bags. Uh, you can get some polo shirts, uh, you know, or two baseball caps and so forth. And they're just delivered, they're uh, mailed to your home address, uh, prior to your cruise. And then as you kind of go up from there, you just get into, you know, getting like for 25,000 points, you can get companion fare on a three or four night cruise, uh, 40,000 upgrading your seven or eight night celebrity cruise. So definitely get lots of good perks as you get up there in, uh, in points. Yeah, I'm trying to find the first free cruise. I see at 125,000 points, you can get a five to seven night sailing for two. Trying yeah. to see if I missed one before that. I don't think so. But, you know, you obviously these <laughs> uh, credit card points, and this is true of all credit card points, by the way. I mean, you, you have to yeah. work for them, right? You're going to be spending some money in order to get them. But, yeah, I mean, you do. It, yeah. And, and the benefit of the Royal Caribbean credit card is obviously you're a, you know, a Royal Caribbean fan. That's probably important. And, Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, it. I think it's just really going to boil down to what's important to you, what your priorities are. We're going to talk about some other credit cards because Royal Caribbean's credit card, and this is true of all the cruise line credit cards out there, it's not the best or most lucrative deal if you're looking purely for how much money can I get back towards it. We'll get that in a second. But right. if your goal is to accrue lots of either onboard credit like John mentioned or maybe some free stuff or free upgrades or maybe even a free cruise, free I use free in air quotes because otherwise you're paying for it. But you know, if you of get course. that kind of stuff um, – you know, then the credit card can make sense, um, but like I mean, it, it's kind of um. I hate to always use the say the, the the saying, John. It depends, but it depends how much of a value the credit card. It absolutely can work for you, but I think it depends on you and what you're looking for. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, I, I was kind of talking to a friend of mine about this earlier today. I think there's a very specific market for who this card is really most beneficial for, you know, it, because it's not for the people who do like, you know, mileage churning, you know, the people who have 10, 12, 15, 20 credit cards. 
Um, you know, it's not it's not the best card for those people because it only earns one point per dollar. You know, it's it's really not for frequent cruisers either. I think because you're not going to earn points very fast. You know, and it's 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 a good card for people who take you know maybe one or two cruises per year and they really don't have a lot of credit cards in their wallet. You know, someone who maybe just likes to take Royal Caribbean cruises uh, and maybe has you know one or maybe two other credit cards, they can put a lot of stuff on this card because, as you said before, you've got to work for these rewards. And if you aren't putting a lot of stuff on this card, you're going to earn points really slowly. And especially with that one point per dollar rate, it's going to take a long time before you get anything really lucrative. That's right. And of course, you know, assuming that you do the one, you're not buying Royal Caribbean cruises. That's not a common purchase thing. Most people are making the 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 one point per dollar you're spending. I mean, it's right. you, know, you have to spend ten thousand dollars in order to make a hundred dollars credit, and obviously that, right. that snowballs from there. One strategy, right. though, and this is true of all credit cards. If you're looking to really maximize your credit card, one thing that can absolutely work for you is you've really got to load up one card in particular. When I first started using yeah. credit cards, I was like, oh, I got my Amex card. I got this card. I got that card. And, you know, what happened was I started spreading them out, like, you know, like uh, doling them out like I do to my children. Like you get a little bit, you get a little bit, and you get a little bit. The problem with yep. the strategy is it takes you forever to earn anything. So it does. Yeah. And your best strategy is going to be to say – this card, if it's the Royal Caribbean card or whatever card you happen to choose, but this card shall be our family purchase card, and you load up your purchase on one, that's a great way, great strategy to really yeah. getting it moving in the right direction in terms of getting those uh, the, those savings. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I was try, I tried at one point to do the – you know, the doling out or, you know, giving credit cards jobs. I said, you're my gas card. You're going to be my supermarket card. You're going to be my whatever card. But the more you have, when once you get above like three or four that all earn points, the, the earning rate is just really, really slow. So, yep. you know, the it's just something to keep in mind. If you want to, you know, if you want to get the credit, the Royal Caribbean card, it has no annual fee. So it won't cost you anything to have it in your wallet. Just make sure you know what you're getting into because it's going to take a while before you really earn anything that's going to get you a big, a big bonus. Right. Now, let's talk about the uh, the other option, of course, which is a non-Royal Caribbean credit card, and there are so many out there. I mean, it's just – it boggles your mind, quite honestly, how many options are out there. But oh, yeah. They – and, of course, they're, they're, the benefits of other credit cards will vary just as wildly. I mean, some credit cards are actually worse than the Royal Caribbean card in terms of giving you money back, and some are substantially better. But, again, it depends on – better is a relative term, what you're looking for, what you want in your credit card. John, let's talk about those other credit cards. Sure. Um, now – when it comes to when it comes to that type of thing, because I've talked to people about the points thing quite a bit, so I kind of I kind of boil it down into two approaches. You know, there's the what I call the easy approach, which is the sort of generic points approach. That's going to be like your Bank of America travel rewards, your Barclay card arrival arrival plus World Elite card, your Discover It Miles card, or even the Chase Sapphire Preferred. Those are great because they earn generic points. So those points can be applied to anything travel related. So they're not brand specific. They can you know use be used for any airline, any travel, cru- any uh, hotel, cruise line, so forth. Uh, and then you just redeem the points for statement credit. Uh, and the other thing is you can pay for part of your trip or part of your expenses if you don't have enough points to cover the full amount. Now the cons there, uh, or the the downsides there, is you don't get any included sort of status or perk with any particular airline or cruise line or, or hotel or anything like that. Um, whereas something like, for example, the United's got the club card where you get premier access, uh, you get the club access, you get uh, you can board with first-class people, you get an extra check bag and so forth, uh, and then you can earn your way up towards higher level of status with like United, for example. But the, you know that's, that 
don't get uh, you don't get those whereas you do with the uh, with the points specific ones. Um, but if you do want to go with the sort of a little bit more involved, more complex uh, version, I kind of call it the brand loyalist approach. That's where you're picking your specific brands. You know, your United Club card, your Southwest card, your Delta card. You can really find a lot of good deals there, but it's going to take a lot of research and a lot of work in order to uh, in order to get yourself there. You can earn your status through spending and so forth, and you get some card member perks like the early boarding and so forth. Um, cons being, it's kind of a full time hobby, so you really have to invest a lot of time into it, and it may involve opening a lot of credit cards, which may have negative effects on your credit. And there's also some banks that also have things in place to sort of fight those that are looking to do the mileage churning thing. So just do all your research and plan which ones you want to have so that way you don't wind up making a mistake and opening an extra card and then it makes you ineligible for another one and blah, blah, blah. Right, and also speaking of mistakes, one thing we probably should have mentioned very early on, with all credit cards, no matter which one we're talking about, this only works actually saving you money if you pay off your balances in full at the end of every billing cycle. Don't carry balances. The second you do that, you negate any savings because of the interest accrued on those balances. It just does not make sense. So if you can't pay exactly. it off every every billing cycle, don't do it. This is just a waste of your time and you're not really saving anything. Exactly. Exactly. Or, or if you're concerned about that, if you're concerned about not being able to pay things off, just open one credit card. Just open the Royal Caribbean card. You know, no annual fee and it's not going to cost you anything. You can still earn the points, but you can do so kind of more gradually and you, you're not going to be overwhelmed or you know it's it's much easier it, from someone who's had 10 credit cards at one point i'm down to eight right now because i'm trying to consolidate but it's really a big pain when you're trying to deal with cards all over the place at different websites and you know managing okay if i paid this off if i paid that off you know if you want to just kind of keep it simple start simple start with one and just see how you do and then go to two or you know whatever but do your research look at what's out there um i've got a couple of good websites is that okay if i mention those Absolutely. Cool. Um, so really good website for credit card information is thepointsguy.com. He, um, he usually carries quite a few credit cards, but he's got a lot of really good information about what's out there. Nerd Wallet's really good to compare different cards. Also, Credit Karma is a really good one, uh, good app to put on your phone. You can check your score and also have it show you what, uh, you know, what cards you may be eligible for and kind of help you see where you're at in that, uh, in that department. Yeah, personally, I mean, we don't have to get into actually, you know, which particular card, but I prefer the cards sure. that give you, uh, you know, uh, I like the cash back ones. Um, a lot of them all yeah. have a points program and you can, you know, redeem them for whatever. But, uh, you sure. know, what happens with me, John, is I find that, you know, for maybe six months of the year, I'm looking to really save my real Caribbean cruise. But then back to school comes and it's like, you know, I really need to spend some points on my kids, you know, clothes. And then another sure. time of the year, it's like Christmas is coming around. So I better buy some presents. Oh, look, I've got these Amazon points I can use. And apply. I like the yep. flexibility of that. Granted, it may not be the most yeah. lucrative. I'm not I'm not saving the most pennies possible, but I like that yeah. flexibility. And I feel like yeah. that is, you know, a, a good approach to look for something that allows you to do things like cash back or gift cards or, you know, the, the more flexibility. That's what I like about it. What's your general preferred yeah. strategy, John? So I um, based on sort of the research I've been doing, um, you know, I like the I, I like things that help me travel more easily. Just being on a kind of a fixed income, you know, I uh, I, I don't get to travel as often as I'd like to. But I, uh, you know, I like using the Bank of America travel rewards just because of the banking relationship I have with them and and so forth. So that's my best earner right now. So um, I just kind of put everything on that on that card and just kind of use that as a way to gauge where I'm at and just make sure I'm paying that off. And those points there, I can redeem them toward 
you know, travel related expenses. And that's something I meant to mention before. Um, you know, if you are going with one of these sort of generic uh, points cards, if you're not sure if a certain expense is going to be considered travel, because that's how you get the credit for it. You know, uh, let's say you, you, you swipe your card for, uh, you know, some sort of travel expense. So let's say you buy an airline ticket or something. If for some reason that doesn't show up on your statement as a travel related expense, you won't be able to use the credit points to to get that wiped off. So just make sure if you're using like kind of a lesser known website to book a travel thing or something like that, if you're not sure, just call Bank of America and ask them if a certain thing is going to be considered travel just to make sure that you'll be able to use your points for that. Absolutely. You know, and, and in general, uh, on top of that also, when you're talking about points, sometimes these various credit cards will offer different benefits. Like I know some cards will be like, hey, if you make purchases at retail stores or at home improvement stores or on Amazon right. or a variety of places, they'll give you bonus points, you know, extra percentages, uh, double points, triple points. They do all these kinds yeah. of little things. And it's, it's incentive to essentially say, hey, remember that card in the back of your wallet? Start using that thing. And, um, oh, yeah. You know, if you could take advantage of that, check in. A lot of these times, there's nothing, there's no cost to using. You just have to either opt in in some cases, or sometimes it's just automatic. But you know, if you could really hop on that and take advantage of those, those are great ways to really rack up the points. And you mentioned something else, John. I wanted to talk about, which was, you know, we often talk about, oh, it's you know, once earn onboard credit and free cruises, which is wonderful. I love, I love a free cruise as much as the next guy. But I yeah. feel like a much more tangible way to redeem or save money on your cruise vacation is like what you mentioned earlier: your airfare, your rental car, yeah. uh, oh, those. Yeah. The inevitable pre-cruise clothing purchases, even though you buy new clothes every cruise, somehow you always need to buy more. Um, you know, th- those purchases are important. Uh, new camera lenses, because that's hashtag important uh, for, for people like us. You know, there are ways to bring down the total cost of your cruise. Uh, and you know, maybe it's, you know, one thing I just thought of, John, was you know, one of the things I always advocate is what I like about the cruise planner, Royal Caribbean's cruise planner, is you can make purchases in advance. You buy the drink package you know, four months before your cruise. It helps yep. spread out those costs. So you buy the drink package four months before your cruise, but then you use your points to pay down your account balance, and bam, you've essentially paid for it, whether or not you had a Royal Caribbean credit card or not. So you know there are, there are definitely some good strategies for helping bring down that total cost, even if it doesn't actually affect your cruise fare's bottom line. Sure. When you're saying, uh, and I'm assuming you're saying cruise in, in air quotes, because you know yes. the. You know, the cruise not necessarily being the time on the boat, but the time you're flying to Port Canaveral and taking the, you know, taking the Uber to the pier and all that stuff. You know, all of that collectively, you know, even if you're not taking anything off of your actual boat time, you know, there's all those other expenses. So, yeah, totally. Absolutely. Well, John, thank you so much for joining us here and talking a little credit card talk. I think this was helpful and I don't think we uh – (laughs) <laughs> we we gave out any information that would get us in trouble. I think we were pretty fair in terms of you know how credit cards work and making sure you do due do, do diligence there. And I do appreciate Absolutely. you joining me here, John. Well, thanks so much for having me, Matt. I appreciate it. Well, once again, it's time to answer your listener emails. This is the part of the podcast where I dive into the virtual Royal Caribbean blog podcast inbox and read your Royal Caribbean questions, comments, emails, basically anything you wrote me about Royal Caribbean, we talk about it right here. And if you want to send me your emails, well, of course, you can always do so by emailing Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Our first email comes to us from my very good friend, John Bamber, from Texas, formerly of New Jersey. He writes, I'm at love, love, love what you got on going on with the website and podcast. Super excited to be a part of it and to have the opportunity to ask questions like the following. 
When looking at ship's deck plans, it'll usually have dates associated with it. It'll say deck plan is valid from a certain date to a certain date. What are those changes made to warrant the change in deck plans? Thanks always. P.S. Regard. John, great question. So if you ever go to World Carbon's website and you go and find deck plans, right? Lure of the Seas, deck four. Oasis of the Seas, deck eight. Rhapsody, deck seven, right? You will inevitably see on the left-hand side of the page some sort of a indicator that these floor plans are valid from this date to this date. Essentially, over the years, Royal Caribbean changes the shifts from time to time, right? Refurbishments, uh, mostly refurbishments. I mean, there's other reasons and rationales that can change, I suppose, but that's really the only one that comes to my mind. But essentially, what that means is from this date to this date, this is what the configuration is going to be. Now, how much really changes between them? Not a lot, John. The most noticeable change you will see, obviously, is when a major dry dock occurs, right? And you get to a point where the ship is going into dry dock and they add new restaurants or add new staterooms or, you know, something like that. That That's the big changes. But more often than not, it's just from certain times, certain times. Now, the other thing, John, is they won't say like, you know, this deck plan here in 20, we're recording this episode in 2017. You know, this deck plan is valid from 2017 to 2022. They have no idea what's going to happen in the next couple of years, right? So they'll usually do it at least for a, either for a deployment or for a, a bookable period. So that way, people who are booking a cruise have an idea of what to expect. If they were to put it to 2022 and somebody looks at it and goes, oh, okay, well, this place is going to, you know, this, this restaurant, this flow rider will be here until that day. And then four years from now, they change their mind. You could see why they'd be disappointed, right? So that kind of in and of itself um, answers the question, I think. I think. Anyway, uh, thank you for the email. Our next email is from uh, Dr. Chris Lapine Christensen a.k.a. Doc from the Royal Green Blog Message Boards. And uh, Chris writes, Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. I wandered to another cruise line. I think this is similar to how my first email to you many, many years started, many, many years ago started. The best thing about trying another cruise line is that it reaffirms what is great about your preferred cruise line. And while I'm no apologist for Royal Caribbean, as you know, my feelings on some of the changes they've implemented, like the room service charges, trying another cruise line helped me to see just what Royal Caribbean does well. Um, so, here it is. Uh, he's got. He broke this down into categories, and he tried a uh, princess cruise recently. Here it is. Ship design, Royal Caribbean. No one beats Royal Caribbean when it comes to their innovative ship design. The Caribbean princess was a claustropho- was claustrophobic with low ceilings and corridors that just abruptly ended. And while the wood paneling and brass fixtures were elegant, the interior corridors were sterile because they lacked any kind of artwork. Royal Caribbean has artwork throughout the corridors, with each deck having a specific theme that ties the artwork together. On the Caribbean princess, all the stateroom decks look the same. Uh, embarkation process. Princess. This may change with the embarkation port, but Princess handled embarkation phenomenally. We arrived at Southampton Mayflower Terminal at prime time, opting to sleep in after our international flight. Even so, we were from curb to stateroom in 45 minutes. Better yet, our luggage was already at our stateroom when we arrived. The buffet. Royal Caribbean wins this one. While I might give a, des- a design nod to Princess, as I like the remodeled buffet with a 24-hour cereal station, overall, the selections were poor. And while some items were of slightly higher quality than on Royal Caribbean, Royal provides a better variety of cook-to-order options, particularly at dinner. They seem to be there seemed to be no logic to what was offered on Princess, with many mismatched items. In addition, prime items like pork belly or lobster shells often ran out quite early in the evening, only to be replaced with inferior items like turkey meatloaf. Um, I will give another nod to Princess for their buffet stations. The buffet is open continuously from 6 a.m. to 11 p.m., and I really wish Royal would extend their buffet hours. Coffee bar is a tie. Prices are more reasonable on Princess, but Princess also charges a slightly higher fare. However, the selection of coffee drinks is better on Royal Caribbean, as is the quality, in my opinion. Um, anytime dining. Royal Caribbean by a mile. 
Princess simply needs to give up on anytime dining. I tell you my true thoughts, but if you read this on the air, it will require the podcast to have the explicit rating. The shortest we ever waited was 30 minutes, and most often it was much longer than that. Every night, we had to give, be given a pager as the waits were that long. With five or six weeks of any time, five or six within five or six weeks of any time on Royal Caribbean, we only waited once for a table, and that was only twenty minutes during prime time on formal night. Dining room service is also more efficient on Royal Caribbean. After slow services one night, we need to leave to make the show, and we asked to get our dessert to go. While this has never been a problem in Royal Caribbean, we were told that we would not, they would not allow that on Princess. The only positive for Princess in their dining room was I do feel the quality of some of their dinner items is a little bit better than Royal Caribbean, and their selections of dessert was better, but that may come with a slightly higher fare. For stateroom, Royal Caribbean is better. Princess cabins were small, whereas Royal Caribbeans have a seating area. Uh, Princess simply has a chair at a desk. Entertainment, the main theater, lounges, etc. Royal Caribbean wins. The Princess Theater is surprisingly small. In fact, it's so small. How small is it? It's so small they have the hit to run three performances per night to accommodate the crowds. On nights where they only have two performances, they also have an overflow venue in one of the lounges where you can watch the live telecast. A fellow guest Royal Caribbean fan joked that the entertainment on board was for the nearly dead. Royal Caribbean provides a better variety of entertainment and better quality of entertainment overall. Um, itinerary. Uh, Princess for the British Isles. Princess simply offers better itinerary at Southampton than Royal Caribbean does out of Amsterdam, which is one of the reasons why we canceled a Royal Caribbean here to try Princess. For Northern European itineraries, however, I believe that Royal's itineraries are far superior, particularly their Norwegian fjords, Iceland, and Baltic itineraries. So, there you go. Chris, this is wonderful. Thank you for the email. I love these, you know, bullet point breakdown stuff. Uh, I think you were very fair with a lot of your things. Obviously, I've never experienced Princess Cruise before, so I can't agree with you on any of your points about Princess, but... I felt like you were fairly... I think you were fair with everything you were saying. I don't think you know, anything was uh, too skewed one way or the other. I think the only thing that, that I would point out was the embarkation process. And I do agree with you. You mentioned that, you know, obviously it varies which port you're going to. And in Royal Caribbean's defense, if you go to Cape Liberty, Port Canaveral, Terminal 1, or Port Everglades, Terminal 18, the new terminals that Royal Caribbean has built in the last couple of years, they handle embarkation so much better than other ports in general. Because again, those terminals have been built with these larger ships in mind, as opposed to like, you know, some other port, which has been leveraging the same facilities for a number of years. It does make a difference. But nonetheless, Chris, I am glad that if nothing else, it has, absence has made the, has made the heart grow fonder. And if you set something free, it will come back to you. And all those other cliches evidently applies to cruising as well. Thank you, Chris. Do appreciate that. Good, good, good email. Uh, next, we have an email from... Who's this from? Oh, it's from Bert, who writes, uh, Matt just got back from the five-day anthem of the sea sailing to Bermuda. This having been our third cruise in four years and second Royal Caribbean cruise, we had a wonderful time and can't wait to go back on the high seas. I have a hard time finding complaint with the anthem. In fact, I would say I absolutely love the ship. She was beautiful inside and out, and a top-notch service was in line with what we have come to expect from the Royal Caribbean brand. It was a family junior suite for cruise for us, and I feel that there was enough value there to justify booking this class of room again. Your podcast was instrumental in helping us make the stateroom category decision. As for the itinerary, Bermuda is one of those islands that is on our must-visit list. But as great as the anthem was, and it's no less than great, our heart is still fond of the allure of the seas, and in that we'd like to sail the Oasis class as often as possible. In my humble opinion, there's no comparison anywhere in the cruise industry that offers the variety of experiences that the Royal Behemoths provide in one singular vacation. Maybe one day an Oasis-class vessel will include Bermuda in a 10-day sailing. Here's to hoping. But uh, do appreciate the uh, the email. Thanks for the good work. And I'm looking forward to booking a Symphony Group Cruise Summer 2019. So I'll be listening. Awesome, Bert. Thank you so much for the email. That was awesome. God, I'm so glad you had a great time. Uh-huh. And 
I agree about Anthem of the Seas. Uh, many of you probably remember I was on Anthem of the Seas back in March of this year, and it was my second time on board, and it is a really fabulous ship. I probably do agree with you that I maybe I do prefer the Oasis Clash ships over the Quantum Clash ships, but I mean, it's just, you know, it's like... <laughs> Yeah, this one's great. This one's even greater. This one's even more gooder. You know what I mean? It's like you're just you're being picky at that point. But uh, Anthem is a wonderful ship, and I haven't sailed Bermuda since about 2012, so I do think I'm due for a Bermuda cruise again. I, I would love to really combine maybe a cruise to Bermuda on a cruise ship I've never been on before, like Grandeur of the Seas. I haven't been on that ship yet, and I feel like I kind of owe it to myself to knock two birds with one stone and... It may help that I've heard from people that there is a sushi buffet option on Grandeur of the Seas. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right, time for one last email. One last one. Oh, boy. I got to pick a good one here. Let's go with this one. Our last email of the day is from James, who writes, Love your blog and podcast. Big fan. Great way to get psyched up for our next cruise, which is in 10 days. I hope it's still there because I took a little bit of time to get your email. Anyway. Uh, Seven-night Western Caribbean cruise on the Oasis of the Seas going to Labadee, Falmouth, and Cozumel. We're flying to Orlando the night before. I saw on your blog that the best and cheapest recommendation to get to the port uh, is via rental car via one-way rental. What is the shuttle service like from the rental car places near the port? Uh, near the port to the port. Near the port to the port. Like, I've seen some reviews about long lines. I love the idea of driving myself versus taking a shuttle from Orlando, a taxi, or a Lyft Uber, but curious about what to expect. Great question, James, and thank you for the email. So, if you're going to... Port Canaveral is a very easy port to get to. There's many different options to get there. But if you're flying in, which I think many people are, including James, it's not close enough that you can just take a quick taxi. There's many options. It's about, Port Canaveral is about, I would say, 45 minutes from the Orlando airport. But one of the, I always recommend renting a car. And the reason why I recommend renting a car is a couple of things. Number one, it's typically among the most inexpensive options there, especially if you have more than two people. Once you get to three four and more people. I mean, a rental car just becomes a slam dunk better deal. No question about it. Number two, it allows you far more flexibility. What if you want to stop for somewhere to eat? What if, you, what if you're getting there really early or getting there the day before and you want to do a little bit of touristy stuff or stop for lunch or, you know, load up on some more supplies before your cruise? Oh, you forgot to pack bathing suits or, or, or sunscreen or a camera or pants. And you're all laughing right now, but people have done this. I'm not saying that I've done it before. I would never throw myself under the bus like that. But hypothetically, it may have happened to some people that I know. Uh, asking for a friend. <laughs> anyway, if you need that stuff, having a rental car makes it so much easier because you have that convenience. Now, your concern is, well, what happens when you actually want to go return the car? And that's a really good that's a really good question. So here's what you want to do. There are lines at the cruise at the car rental facility, but there's a way around it. What you do is, first of all, you go to the you go to the port to the ship drop off the luggage and everybody else with you. So all the adults, the kids, basically you are leaving the port with you and the empty car. Then you take the car back to the port, back to the car rental. I'm sorry. And you return the car. Now there's going to be a shuttle to be offered quite often, but you may find is that there's a lot of other people there too. But the thing is that the, I find the car shuttles, the car rental shuttles have a limited amount of capacity, not for people necessarily, but for luggage. Because a lot of people go straight there with their luggage, and they only take so many luggage. But fitting an extra person with no extra luggage, you can almost always sneak on there, and it's a lot much, much more manageable. So my recommendation is to do that. Drop off the luggage, drop off the family, your friends, everybody else in the car, and go back to the car rental place alone. Hop on the car rental there. I think you'll find a whole lot uh, easier. There are some... I've seen lines also just in general, like processing lines, because the, the car rental facilities at the at Port Canaveral, 
they're not the largest in the world. This is not the Orlando airport where they've got, you know, seven people working there, right? It's not quite to that point yet. I do recommend in, enrolling in the whatever car rental agency you use, enroll in their frequent renters program. I think all of them are free, if I'm not mistaken. I think maybe Hertz isn't, or it wasn't. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But if it's free, enroll in the program because this expedites the process tremendously. You don't have to, um, you know, everything's already taken care of for you because you've already pre-booked everything, and it makes it so much easier. In fact, oftentimes, there's a special line just for people in these programs. So if you can do all that, I think you'll be in a good spot there. And James, I hope you have a great rest of your cruise. I think you're having an awesome time, dude, on uh, Oasis. What a fabulous ship. What an amazing itinerary. And the car rental, it'll be uh, a, a distant memory. But I think you're doing the right thing by renting a car. No question about it. And there you go. That'll wrap up our email segment for this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining me here. And of course, if you want to send in your emails about something real could be related, maybe if a question like James or an observation like Chris, well, this is your opportunity to do so. Send me an email, Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. So until next time, I'm Matt Hodgeberg, and we'll talk again soon.